interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. Yes. Uh, what a week. By the way, that yes came from the voice of Jesse Miles. <laughs> How you doing, Pastor? I'm doing just great, man. It's always good to be with you, Stu. You yes. know that. Yes. You know, there was a big, I don't know if you knew this, there was like a big event on Wednesday. What? The, uh, yeah, they were like, uh, like a world record setting. Oh, are, are you talking about that 92,000 <laughs> uh, fans event that took place at Memorial Stadium? Yes. Was it a hockey? No, it wasn't a hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> hockey. Oh, he is uh, yanking my chain. Uh, oh, man. That, that volleyball chain. game, man. Amazing. That Amazing. Was, that's crazy. I didn't go. I know a lot of people who did. Mm-hmm. But uh, by the way, I have a prediction. Ten years from now, mm-hmm. there'll be like 300,000 people who say they were at that game, <laughs> at that match, right? That's how these things always work. Oh, yeah, I remember going to that. Yeah, yeah right. I was there. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, they, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe not. That was, uh, they, they just... Well, they pulled it off, you they know, did. they pulled it off. And I think there were a lot of questions going into it. You know, how is this going to look, you know, and this type of stuff. But mm-hmm. it was just amazing, man. It, it, was. it was it was amazing. I, I, I didn't attend, of course, watched it on television. But yep. uh, that that was great. Just seeing all the fans there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to gonna go all over the map on all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. today. Uh, uh, but Jesse, the uh, this was 50 years of Title IX was another kind of theme, side yeah, theme to this. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. And and I don't know. I, I guess again, my experience is is limited. Yeah. But uh, you can see this tremendous growth yes, of uh, women's yes. sports, and to yeah, yes. and and to think that the most, <laughs> the best attended event mm-hmm. in Memorial Stadium mm-hmm. is not a football game. Right. Right, right. Isn't that crazy? Right. Yeah, it is. And one of the things that I was listening to the uh, newscast, some of the follow-up, and they were talking about, I for, forget who the coach was early on with the volleyball program, that when they was having those games on Saturdays with the football team, yep, you know, yep. they would go there and stand out, you know, asking people to come to yep. to the volleyball games and to see where we've come from that to 90-plus yeah. thousand people going to watch uh, uh, the women uh, at yeah. their best. Yeah. You know, so that that was amazing. That amazing. that is amazing. And by the way, I remember those days. Yeah. I mean, those were that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just hey, come on, we need a crowd and, yeah. and uh, free tickets know. that yeah. were given out. A lot of time to get people to get there, man. So yeah. did you, know. you ever? Did you ever go into the Coliseum, the old Coliseum? Yeah, I did. I never mm-hmm. went to uh, a volleyball game, but of course, yeah. when I worked at the university, you know, oh, I had yeah. access. And so yeah, yeah. I'm, but I remember when the games were there. You know, before they moved to Devaney, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, so oh man, it's just. It's just awesome, you know. Yeah. It's awesome, and it really it just, is. Uh, when you think about it, as it relates to Title IX, opening up that opportunity for yeah. for women's sports, and you know, when you look at Nebraska volleyball, I mean, as a biased fan, it's second to none. Yeah, I mean, I I just can't imagine how. I mean, obviously, they've done really well recruiting mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the years, and especially mm-hmm. recently. But mm-hmm. but boy, if you see that. Yeah. It's pretty tough to say, oh, I don't know if I'd want to go there. <laughs> it's like, that's... And it was all over the news, you know, yes. today in terms of um, setting that kind of a record and just enthusiasm. And you yeah. can just hear it in the voice of the commentators, you know. I yeah. think they were pleased, you know, not only for Nebraska, but for, Nebraska, but for women's sports in general yes. related around volleyball. That that was the thing that, uh, okay, I think they knew they were going to set the American record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then this idea of... Uh, of actually the best attended event mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. at Memorial Stadium, mm-hmm. and then this world record. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's just... It's, I mean, that's something that they can hang... All those players, coaches, and staff yeah. can hang their heads on for, for years, man. Yeah. You know, we're part of the record. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
Um, well, we're going to get Pastor Jesse Miles with me today, and we're going to talk about all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Oh, you're kidding. Well, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the, uh, what was it? John Baylor used to call those uh, the, uh, uh, we're going to go be all over the map. It's mm-hmm. uh, the Ottoman Empire. Yep, yeah. It's going to be an Ottoman Empire show. We're going to be all <laughs> over the map. But it's going to be good. Yeah, right. But it'll yeah, be yeah, good. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, by the way, since we last visited, and uh, uh, Jesse is the pastor of No Greater Love Christian Fellowship, <laughs> which I just usually say No Greater Love because mm-hmm. it's shorter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and which is just north of South uh, Street on 16th, right? Right, 2015 South 16th Street, right north of the CVS store. Right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I got to do something over my sabbatical mm-hmm. that I got to visit 15 different churches and kind of see what's happening around town. And for the first time, mm-hmm. I got to come to one of your services. Yes, man. It was so intimidating watching you sitting out there <laughs> in the audience. <laughs> oh, I'm a harmless, lovable yeah, And You are. But, that, that can, but, uh, but it is a little bit different. That's yeah. why I did give you advance warning. Yeah, right? you did. You did. You and did. part of that is uh, I just want to make sure you're preaching, too, when you're there. Because, I mean, yeah. you know... I would right. love being there right, if you right, weren't there, right. but, but, yeah. but you're my friend, and I yeah. want to hear you yeah. preach. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's one of the things sometimes I do when I visit is I just want to make sure that uh, that, uh, that my buddy is preaching and not just you know one of the whatever. I'm sure one of the wonderful <laughs> other people who might be preaching. Yeah, yeah. I don't want don't to make it sound bad. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, what is that like, Kevin? Uh, okay, mm-hmm. I experienced it my way. Right. Is, it, is it weird having... Uh, having me or somebody else there? It, it's not weird. Um, it's, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I say intimidating in, um, in a friendly way, you know, uh, because I know you. Uh, I, I know how valuable you have been in my ministry, mm. you know, and so the intimidation is, you know, I don't want to say nothing too crazy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because Stu is sitting out here, my mentor is sitting out yeah. in, in the audience, man. Yeah. But, uh, no, it, it, it's, 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 um, it was good for me, you yeah. know, because again, as I said, um, you have been so valuable in this ministry in terms of helping me and helping no greater love. And so mm. while it was, uh, intimidating, it was also a joy, uh, for me, you know, to uh, to see you in the audience, man. And so yeah. uh, we loved it. And in fact, if you come back, you probably be hearing the same topic. Again, when they get that sermon figured out, they're <laughs> going to the next one, right? Absolutely. That's absolutely. what I've always heard. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was good to, yeah. to have you there. And I think, you know, uh, people in the church know about our relationship mm-hmm. and how valuable Zion has been in terms mm-hmm. of our growth in this ministry, in this community. So we appreciate uh, not only you, but everything that Zion has done. Well, uh, we've done very little, in. but we, I, uh, you know, I love, love you. I love your ministry. I love what you're doing. One of the mm-hmm. things we're going to talk about today is uh, you've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a long time. And mm-hmm. so we'll maybe circle around to that and, mm-hmm. and talk about how you, how do you do this yeah, for a long yeah. time? Yeah. How do you, how do you stay in this? You know? Yeah. And, and, uh, we, you know, we all have our different, uh, right. we were talking about off air, some of the hurdles we have and things mm-hmm. that we face, but, mm-hmm. uh, that's just, that's just part of the job. It is. Right? it is. It is part of it. Um, you know, and it doesn't always come. I hate saying it this way. It doesn't always come with a to do job manual. I mean, we have mm-hmm. this scripture, the Bible, right? Yeah. But, uh, there's so many things you, you learn on the way, right? Yes. You know, that, uh, in this ministry. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The, um, by the way, just so you know, and I might have said this before, but um, uh, in visiting other churches, you know, you just notice certain things in, yeah. in different churches you visit. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, some churches, 
Really, it's really interesting. I received a very warm welcome at mm -hmm. your church. Mm -hmm. I'd say at most churches, mm -hmm. I received a decent welcome. Mm -hmm. But I will say this: um, uh, small church, large church has really doesn't make much difference. Mm -hmm. There are large churches that are good at, at, at welcoming. Right. There are small churches that right. aren't very good at welcoming. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so that was that was very heartening. From the yeah. minute I walked up the steps. Yeah. Uh, I was greeted, welcomed. It was clear that uh, folks were glad I was yeah, there. Yeah. We pride ourselves on not just having a title of No Greater Love, yeah. but demonstrating that when, when people walk into the church. We want you to feel as if you are a member you know, yeah. of that church the first time you walk in it. So yeah. we work hard at that. Well, it worked. It worked. That was, uh, that was very encouraging to me. And uh, and then your uh, I believe it was your wife then did some uh, children's lesson yeah. kind of in the middle there yeah. and she's uh, she's kind of like an expert in that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. You know, uh, my wife worked for Lincoln Public Schools for over thirty years. You yeah. know, and so that teaching uh, part of her just always she's always teaching. You know, yeah. and so right. uh, and just loves uh, children and youth. You know, and so. She has taken upon herself to make sure that children's ministry, you know, stay off the ground, so to speak. And yeah. So she really does a good job. Uh, she challenges them, you know, as she should. Mm -hmm. uh, but she really does an excellent job with, with uh, the ministry to our youth in the church. That's, I mean, it's just cool to see her using mm -hmm. her gifts in mm -hmm. that way. I mean, I'm, I would expect nothing less, but... But uh, but I, I know she really is a senior pastor. I'm under. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I, well, I, I I hear that. Okay, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah there, it's it's I. The one thing it's it's I'm sure the kids don't appreciate um, that there could be a lot of other people doing what she's doing who right. aren't aren't as good. Right, right. And, <laughs> and I mean the thing with her is that she does so many things for the church. Yeah. You know, not only I mean she just does so many things. Uh, yeah. uh her hands are always busy and involved and so um not just as my wife, but we're very fortunate yeah. to have her and her ministry and, and the work and her skills and talents and abilities yeah. uh, at no greater love. That's awesome. We're gonna take our first break when we come back. Uh, we're going to do a couple things today, but uh, but the first thing I want to do is talk about. Okay, we are a couple of older timers, mm -hmm. and uh, and how 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 do we stay in the game mm -hmm. uh, until the <laughs> until we're at the finish line? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. I told my congregation. I said, you know, uh, we you know I'm in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. <laughs> Or I might last a little bit longer. Yes, yes. But yes. Uh, and then I had to qualify. I said, just so you know, I'm not trying to get hit. By <laughs> right, this. right. I just do right, not. Right, but right. but those things can happen. Yeah. All right. Let's take a little break. Be okay. right back. Talking with Pastor Jesse Miles. Uh, glad to have you along uh, on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3. K-L-I-N. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Good to have you along. Uh, talking with Pastor Jesse Miles. He's the pastor at No Greater Love. And I'm just going to say 16th and South. That's fast. 16th and South, yeah. yeah just uh, right next to the CBS. Yeah. We'll sign in front of the church. Which, by the way, we're at 27th and Old Cheney right next to the CBS. A big sign in front. Oh, that so is. I didn't even think about right that. right next yeah. to the CBS, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, it's close. Man, about the same. I think it's not too hard to be close to a CVS. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not too hard. We were, uh, we were talking before the break about, um, yes. uh, you and I have both been doing this for a long yeah, time. Yeah. And uh, what are some of the things that, now, uh, what are some of the other things that have made you say, you know, mm. I wonder. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 
pastors get worn out. They yes. get tired. Yes. What What are some of the things that have kept you uh, in the pastoring game, so to speak? You. No, right. You know, Stu, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hard, it's not a difficult question, but, you know, to articulate, you know, the answer to that in terms of, you know, why you, you're staying in the game. And I think my initial response would be that, and I don't know how this is going to sound, is that I don't think I can get out, you know? Mm. I mean, in the sense of, you know, this calling that I believe that that's yeah. on, on my life, you know, yeah. whether you're talking about pastoring or uh, other facets of ministry, uh, it doesn't end until you end, so to speak, you know? And so, and I think just motivated and, you know, again, that off-air conversation that we were having, you know, just motivated by our love for God, you mm. know, and that um, that's the one that we're trying to please in what we're doing in terms of this ministry, mm. uh, that whole um, call in terms of pulling people into the kingdom and how the Lord is using us, yeah. you know, to bring people into his kingdom. Um, that's the part of it for me that, uh, I can't see an ending point to it. Yeah, I can't yeah. see uh, a, a, a way of getting off of this conveyor belt of ministry, so yeah. to speak. You don't, you don't get off, and because part of it is to please God, and there is always, there will always be work to do, you know, yeah. so to speak. So in that sense, you know, my my heart desire is, you know, as they hear the the makers say, you know, good and faithful servant, you know, mm -hmm. and so of these thirty plus years been in ministry. Um, almost 25 at no greater love. Um, that's the thing that keep us, keep me going. You know, mm -hmm. there's one more person that the Lord can use me to reach. Yeah. What, um, I've been asking pastors a lot of this lately, just, uh, your own story of how you, how you came to know Jesus yeah. as the son of God and savior of sinners. And, and then in addition to that, I want to mm -hmm. hear then, um, uh, uh, I don't know if we've talked about your call to ministry mm -hmm. then what that because it's you know okay we yeah. talk about a call to ministry right, right, and it's, right, it's like right. well I mean I didn't hear yeah. a voice yeah, but, I, yeah. but I did have a strong sense of yeah. that and I'd love yeah. to hear both of those things from yeah. you yeah well let, let's go with the, the latter in terms of that, that call to ministry yeah. it, it's almost for me is uh, I don't want to say ministry but religion or Christianity has always been a part of my life, you know. Now I'm not saying that I've always been in the church. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but 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 that I think that inkling, that calling, that desire, you know, of wanting to know, has been there from a very early age. I remember my grandmother saying to me that probably before I could read, you know. I was had this desire of knowing the Lord's prayer, you know, mm. no, a whole, not a whole lot of explanation behind that, but mm -hmm. it was just something that she noticed. And I remember I had an uncle again at a very early age, even before I started school. And one of the things that he said about me was and in my hearing, you know, that this kid is going to be a pastor mm. and our, our minister, you know, and it was yeah. like, yeah, right. you know. <laughs> uh, but, but those were the kind of things that sort of, that was always there. I think that foundation was laid, you know, through someone else seeing things in me, mm -hmm. gifts in me that per, that God had given me. Yeah. And wherever I went, that was always in the back of my mind. So mm. uh, I guess my answer is that it seemed like I can't remember when that urge was not there. Mm. You know, so it, it has always been there. And I, mm. I say to people, I know that uh, I could not be satisfied um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, 
if I was doing something else or if I was doing something else that I did not consider ministry. I've had other mm. jobs, but I mm. never separated those other jobs from ministry. Yeah. And so that, that inkling, you know, uh, has always been there. Yeah. There, uh, it's funny. My, I would say my story is very similar to yours mm. in that sense. Uh, I, uh, the, the first times I was told to, to, that maybe I ought to be a pastor, mm -hmm. Uh, I just said, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, and, I, and I guess I was like yeah, you too. Yeah. I, I went to church. I yeah. love Jesus. But yeah. it's like, nah, I don't think yeah. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually God had yeah. his way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it becomes a, a process. You know, when I look back on, you know, early years in school, you know, high school, you know, college life, you know, after college life, it, again, that thread, you know, mm -hmm. was always there um, that you knew that, uh, I knew that I would have to be in some aspect of ministry, whether mm -hmm. it was pastoring or whatever, but uh, I just always felt that that's where I would land, so mm -hmm. to speak. And mm -hmm. um, and God, through his grace and his mercy, you know, has, has put me in a place that I really, um, I enjoy, that I grow. Now, I also have to say to you that, um, you know, going through that process, I never wanted to be a pastor, you know, mm. it was, it was always, you know, I don't mind being an assistant pastor or doing other things, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, maybe part of that, as I look back on it was maybe thinking that I could escape, you know, that real responsibility, you mm -hmm. know, of, of being a pastor. But I also realized that I guess, and I'm hopefully not saying this too selfishly, that even with those thoughts, I, I never wanted to be in a sense, I didn't think that I would end up being second. Even though I didn't want to be a pastor, it was not my desire. Yeah. Uh, I think I was always in the pastoral lane, so to speak. So I wasn't surprised, you know, when it yeah. got to the point that I would be pastor in the church. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, well, uh, there's a, there's a sense in which we use that. Sometimes we can. You've used it. I've used that that word, calling. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think uh, it's interesting how God uses people yeah. in life. Somebody at an early age said yes. to you. Yeah. Same thing with me. Somebody at yeah. an early age. Yeah. One of the questions I've been asking myself, and I'll ask you, is there anybody that you've said that to? Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's funny you ask that. Um, I, I don't know if I've said, yeah, I mean, I may not have said calling, but I have said that this person, and in fact, it's my, my grandson, mm. uh, who's eight years old. He's just amazing. Mm. Uh, in terms of, uh, and I'm going to call his name Ian, uh, he's just amazing in terms of his knowledge of, and you can just, I guess I can almost see in him perhaps what my uncle saw in me, you know, mm. and so hopefully that foundation would be there again, whether he ends up in terms of pastoring or whatever, but, you know, I think there is just something about him that makes him unique and special in terms mm. of uh, how God could use him, you know, yeah. and this is uh, just some of the things that he's saying now at, uh, at an amazing, one thing I have to share with you, yeah. uh, he's on our, Ian is eight, I think at this time, and he's on our pastoral advisory committee. <laughs> 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 That's how much I think of him. Uh -huh. and, and so one of our questions um, in one of our meetings was, you know, um, you know, what is a good pastor? That, mm. that was the question. And one of Ian's responses was a good pastor is one that knows that God is in control. Mm. And I think everybody, the adults in there just sort of looked at him and said, what? You know? <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, in response, you know, he's one of those persons that I can see uh, without a doubt, you know, wow. going into this ministry. If he's got that much yeah. already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a isn't that the hardest thing, though, for, yeah. for all of us, pastors yeah. included, mm -hmm. is to just trust yeah. that 
God is God. Yeah. He has a plan. He's good. Yeah. And I think the other part of it, too, for me is that, you know, recognizing that and also if if we get into this conversation in terms of spiritual warfare, you know, Mm -hmm. that goes on, that recognizing that in him or other so in us, you know, then you know that the enemy, so to speak, you know, is going to be very busy in terms of trying to stop that, you know, so. I think in, in, in a good sense, you know, positive sense, it's good to sort of call that out, you know, if you see it early on. And so maybe, you know, we pray for persons who will come in his life or persons who came into my life, mm-hmm. you know, will be that resource that's needed, you know, to keep me focused, you know, in that lane that uh, God is uh, bringing us through. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take our second break. When we come back, uh, you've got a trip planned. Yes. And uh, so I want to talk about the trip and also the 60th anniversary. Okay of some stuff that took place okay. in that uh, destination. Uh, it's a Friendly Fire Saturday, talking with Pastor Jesse Miles. He's the pastor of No Greater Love, uh, right around 16th and South. And uh, we are, we've are we got a long way to go. and need to freshen up the coffee because <laughs> we're coming right back yes. on 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Pastor Jesse Miles. And uh, we... uh, we're going to talk a little bit about an upcoming trip because you have a trip coming up to. Right. We're going to uh, Washington, D.C. Um, next month. And one of the things that we want to do is to visit uh, memorials and uh, monuments in, in D.C. as well as uh, go to the African-American uh, Museum. Uh, that probably be the, one of the highlights of our yes. visit there. There uh, is that uh, one of the things about D.C. is everything is so walkable. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, but uh, is it on the mall? It's only walkable. For certain age groups, okay, <laughs> right? hey, but but yeah, you're we're, a walker. We're, yeah. I know that. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's on the mall. So yeah, we will be close to a lot of those. Oh, that's so we awesome. got to take some tours, you know. So we won't have to do all those walking, you yeah. know, some stops where we can get off. But we're really looking forward to yeah. to to that. Now, your wife, the school teacher, is she mm-hmm. gonna be like whispering in your ear the whole time, telling you stories? She's already doing that, Stu. Oh no, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yes, she is. You know, in history, social studies, you know, was the topic that she taught in school. So. Yeah, those historical things there. I, I'm sure I, I don't need. We don't necessarily need a guided tour. You know, she will be uh, real good in terms of, of doing that. But just really looking forward to it. You know, I'm sorry, tying this in. You know, we didn't say this, but you you had mentioned that. You know, yeah. you're coming back from sabbatical. You know, yeah, and yeah. so I don't don't see it as a sabbatical, but it is a a getaway. It's a vacation yeah. for us. You know, yeah. and um, so I'm really really looking forward to it. Oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the things that happened this last week was mm-hmm. uh, it was the 60th anniversary mm-hmm. of the uh, I Have a Dream speech right. in the March on Washington. Right, right. And uh, well, you were about two years old when that happened? or No, you were probably I, I wasn't even born. No, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Do you have, yeah, do you have recollections of that? I, I do, and I think probably more so as an adult and, you know, looking and, and mm-hmm. seeing, but certainly... You know, growing up in the South, you know, we were a part of, or we were living, uh, in a sense, the uh, civil rights movement, you know. Yes. Um, so uh, so certainly was very aware, you know, of what was going on uh, in the little town in Louisiana that I grew up in. Yes, yes. The um, uh, One of the things, by the way, if, uh, if the listeners haven't read the, the uh, speech, it's mm-hmm. been transcribed mm-hmm. and you can find it in a variety of places. Yes. It's only about 
I don't know, what, five, six pages long? That's all. You know, and even when you look at the history of it, I think the speech that he delivered, which we, you know, call the I Have a Dream speech, was probably not the one that he had planned on delivering that day. Yeah. Um, One of the story goes that as he was prepared and contemplating what he was going to say, Mahalia Jackson or someone was in the audience and they kept echoing and saying to him, tell them about the dream, tell them about the dream. Yes. And so, and he had given a variation of that speech before. And so... Uh, it sort of evolved um, mm-hmm. on that day, as ministers do, right? We sort of do a spur of the moment, you know, kind of thing. So the suggestion is that, you know, part of that was uh, an impromptu kind of a speech that he yes. made on that day. I mean, that's exactly what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. The, and by the way, we do we do sometimes, we have we have sort of a script, and sometimes yeah. we go yeah. off script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's the prompting of the Spirit or just us. We're going to believe that it's a prompting of the Spirit. <laughs> We'd like to believe that. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. yes. The uh, so it's interesting to me when mm-hmm. you read the speech. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, again toward the end, there's this optimistic vision and right. the dream that he has of the future. Right. But the first few pages, he's very blunt yeah. about the yeah. conditions yeah. and and the crises yeah. that's out there. Yeah. And I think sometimes yeah. people forget about yeah. that. He's yeah. really he's, yeah. he's calling he's calling leaders out. Yes, I I think if you look at the first part of the speech. Uh, it could be, you know, um, what sociologists had called at some point the American dilemma. But I think if you compare it to the latter part of the speech, which is the I have a dream part of the speech, the first part of that speech is talking about the American nightmare. Yes. You know, in terms of the condition that um, the country is in as it relates yeah. to race relations, as it relates mm-hmm. to segregation and racism and sexism and elitism and classism. And, and he was addressing those things. You know, based upon the principle that I, the ideal in our country is that we believe that all men are created equal. Mm-hmm. And we were not living up to that, you know, and I think goes back to um, still not, you know, to a great extent. And I think goes back to, you know, do we practice what we preach, you know, and yeah. the American dilemma is that sometimes there is a big gap between the American ideal and the the real America. And I think he called our attention to both. Yes, that was it's interesting. Very early on. um he uh, he says this. He says, when the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note and which, which every American, American was, was to call heir. Right. Yeah. You know, and so that promissory note was uh, that of equality. Yeah. Right. And uh, and we've had all we've had a lot of time to try to get to that point. Uh, and I think that was the optimism in the latter part of that speech that we can get there mm-hmm. um, if we believe in the ideal and that ideal should be realized or should um, be opportunistic uh, for all, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, as you said, I, I think we sort of get to that last part of the optimism of the speech, you know, where he can see this is what America looks like to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked hard, you know, I've been in the trenches and what have you, and I still believe that America can be America for all Americans, yeah. you know, and I think that's what we saw in this speech. But he called our attention. It's, 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 if we bring it to, to the church setting, right, yeah. um, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. And I think that mm-hmm. if you look at the first part of that speech, uh, the first part of the speech was uh, one to bring about conviction, you know, and, and if you read that through the speech through the lens of the church, it should lead to conviction. It, re- it should lead to repentance. Mm-hmm. And I think the repentance would be the stage that we would have to go through to bring us to the realization of the optimism that King, Dr. King talked about in that speech. Mm-hmm. Are the, uh, so 
I know this is hard to do, but if you were, if he could see the state of America today, mm-hmm. um, any any guesses as to how he yeah. would yeah. he would feel about uh, the progress or lack of progress? Or I think you know, for me, um, sort of the same as any one of us. You know, mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, we certainly would be able to highlight the progress that has been made, but we would also be concerned about uh, progress that need to be made. Um, I think that when you see, you know, the condition of our country today, and of of of, of course, do you you have to look at you look at that condition through different lenses, right? You can mm-hmm. look at that through a race lens, a gender lens, or you know, uh, economic lens, or, or or whatever. When you look at it through those lens, you're going to get different reactions. But I think that there will be a, a certain amount of disappointment um, in terms of you know where we are, especially again related to that ideal that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. You know, and we become so segmented and so compartmentalized, um, and we've become so biased in the sense that, uh, maybe I'll say self-centered in the sense that, you know, sometimes we think that that ideal is reserved for few mm. and not for all, you yeah. know, and I think that when we get to the mindset that it is for all, then I think we can move in a, in a better and a different direction, the direction that I think the latter part of that speech was calling us to, to get to. Yeah. There, um, the bluntness mm-hmm. and of almost like a uh, Old Testament prophetic, mm-hmm. you know, uh, bluntness of yes. calling out sin yes. and injustice. Yes. And uh, yes. yet combined with a desire for, uh, for reconciliation. It, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, how can you have the reconciliation part, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, if you are, are not willing to acknowledge the harm, the hurt, the pain, you know, and what have you. And, you know, and all parties have to be a part of that process. They're going through, you know, the, the reconciliation, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it it can be done. I mean, mm-hmm. we know that, you know, and I think those of us who are, are in the church, in the trenches, you know, in that regard, yeah. you, we know that... Um, that's what God wants, you know. And yeah. so there's just some principles that I think that we have to get back and, you know, stand on those principles, those godly principles, and, you know, and be willing to move us in in direction, you know, I guess what King would talk about related to Old Testament, the promised land, so to speak. Yeah. What are the promises of this country, yeah. you know, and uh, how have we uh, made those promises um, available to all segments of, of, the, yeah. of the population? Yeah, absolutely. Good. One last break. When we come back, we we'll do a little shameless plug, and uh, and then who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows what <laughs> what lies ahead? Hey, <laughs> is that a, uh, am I scaring you now? Absolutely. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> oh, well, no, nobody seems too scared in the studio here. It's a friendly fire Saturday, yes. talking with Pastor Jesse Miles. Glad to have you along on the fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning, yes. talking with Pastor Jesse Miles. And we are having fun. Are we? I think we are. Yeah. That's, uh, hey, and by the way, Pastor Jesse, it's a time where we always do a shameless plug. So I don't know if you got anything to plug today. but uh, Yeah. Right. Uh, one of the things that we uh, do at No Greater Love annually is to do our community service uh, in uh, the park. And so uh, we're getting close to that on the second Sunday in September, September the 10th, I think it is. Uh, we will be at Traco Park. 
Um, so we close our doors, so to speak, for our regular service, and we have that service in the park. So that would be a good time for, um, you know, people to come and, you know, share, you know, and like not trying to take anybody from anybody's church. So we were just saying, you know, that, um, you know, our conviction on that one was at some point, you know, to get beyond our walls and get into the community. So uh, if you can join us uh, on that date, that would be good. All right. Trigo Park. 11 o'clock uh, so, service, 11 ish, 11 to ish. Well, no, it depends on where the preacher yes, is going long. Yeah, yes, yes. So, and I, yeah. I always pride myself in not going long and yeah. until I feel like I need to go long. Yeah, you know. And then, so, you know. So, we know, we know, honestly, we, we normally try to do an hour, 15 minute yeah. service, hour and a half. So, yeah. uh, 11 to 12 30. And we will provide lunch on that day as well. Ooh, yeah, so, now you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're talking my yeah, language there. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, by the way, uh, let's see. You, there was, I keep saying 16th and South, but the actual address is 2015 South 16th Street. All right. And you'll see it. And by the way, I'm, I'm guessing that you're the one who puts the cute little oh. things on the sign. Is yes. That you or is yeah. That your wife? Yeah. I do those. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice little sayings. I've gotten um, some good feedback on some yeah. of those. And it sort of stems from when I worked at the Department of Education when someone called, I would always have some little. Proverb or something on there, so we continued that yeah. when we got to the church. Yeah, you know. where do you find those? Different places, you yeah. know. I'll just you know type up, you know, Google certain church yeah. signs or yeah. stuff like that. I have several books with little little quotes and what have you, yeah. and so I'm all yeah. over the place. I'm always well, looking for a good one. You got me hooked. Every yeah. time I go by, I want to see if it's changed or not. <laughs> yeah, so you know. that's a that's a good thing. Uh, I will say that uh, again. A shameless plug. Am I anything I need to plug? Um. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say the shameless plug that I've been for Zion is that I've been listening to you preach, go through the series, preaching on the book of Acts. And so I just think it's just an amazing, I know you're just into what, second Mm. week on that Mm -hmm. one, but I'm learning a lot. So, uh, so I mean, I'm going to do a shameless plug for you that if you can hear that sermon (laughs) series that Stu is preaching there, I mean, very, uh, very informative. Oh, that's great. Well, You know, I wanted to be, and, and I wanted to also have action points. Uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the this just titled the whole series "Church on Mission," mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about this again off air. We talk about a lot of things yeah. off air, <laughs> yeah. and some of them will stay off air. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, but the, the, there's so many things in life yeah. that can just consume and gobble up our energy and yeah. our emotion and our yeah. time, and it's yeah. like, okay, but. But at any given point, are we able to say, okay, this is what's most important. Yes. This is what's yeah. really, yeah. if nothing else happens, yeah. this needs to yeah. happen. Yeah. And I think when you look at the life of the early church, mm-hmm. you see, okay, yeah. I mean, they were normal people, had yeah. lives just like we have, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah. but you see a sense of focus and yes. urgency. And so yes. I'm hoping that some of that rubs yeah. off yeah. on yeah. the congregation. And, and, and it needs to. Yeah. You know, it needs to, uh, when we look at that early church and what they were doing and how the Holy Spirit is involved, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, one of the things for me that, that stood out, you know, in that first sermon, you know, that again, we know that the, Jesus said, wait, there's something that you have to wait on. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they, the church had to be filled with the presence of God, Yes, you know, and it should be continuous. It's not just a one-time event, Yes, you know, and so you see that operating. So, yeah. so again, the shameless plug folks, listen to Stu's sermons on the oh. uh, mission of the church. Well, bless you. That's sweet. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that's, uh, 
uh, it's been it's been a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're mm-hmm. going to do something really weird that I normally don't do. I'm I'm I want a quick series, and we'll get on to the next series mm-hmm. and do something. But we're going to actually go into next year mm-hmm. and really do the whole book of Acts. Yeah. So it's 28 chapters. Yeah. It'll take a little while. Yeah, but that's that's all good. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so let's see what else was on my list for you. Oh, okay. By the way, okay. This and this wraps around something that I'm thinking about. Got about five minutes. Left, okay. But this idea of um, we're also studying a book, and mm-hmm. it kind of ties into the mm-hmm. the Dr. King and this idea of forgiveness and yes. reconciliation and yes. justice kind yeah. of needing to go side by side. Yes, yes. And we're, uh, I'm finding an incredible hunger mm-hmm. on the part of the people to understand how those things, how forgiveness and justice, yeah. mercy and justice, yes. how those two things yes. come together. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and man, it's... It's a lot of work. It I, 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 it's a lot of work that, you know, again, our off-air conversation in terms of, you know, the whole conversation around forgiveness. You know, mm-hmm. what does it look like? What does it sound like? How yes. does it act? You know, what does it mean? You know, and then look at the correlation between, you know, forgiveness and, and justice mm-hmm. and, and mercy. And certainly we have uh, biblical principles and scriptures to help us, you know, bring those things together. But I think for, for many uh, and maybe to speak for me, I mean, here I am approaching 70 and still learning uh, about, you know, what does it mean to forgive? You know, what what are the aspects of, of forgiven, for, forgiven and not only for the, the perpetrator, so to speak, but for mm-hmm. the person who's harmed? You know, how do yeah. you work in both of those areas and how does that help us? have a better understanding or leading to, you know, the justice and the mercy. How does the justice and the mercy mm-hmm. component infiltrate the whole uh, roadway, you yeah. know, down forgiveness? And so having an understanding of, you know, all three of those, you know, based upon scripture and, and just based upon our own experiences, I think would be very helpful, you know. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, as we talk, to that um, the church, and I'm saying that in a very generic and general sense, you know, have to take the leading role. You know, and helping all of us to be more um, understanding of what forgiveness is, and especially if we look at it at a national level, right? Yeah. You know, um, so we have to be instrumental, you know, and perhaps, you know, the place that we can start is in our local congregations, you know, to to address that issue. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we're talking about Dr. King, and in the book he also talks about South Africa and Desmond Mm -hmm. Tutu and how... Mm -hmm. It was their faith in God yes, yes. that was the seedbed of for the of, whole reconciliation. Yeah, piece. of, of yeah. pursuing reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, but now it also laments in the book that now our, our culture has become increasingly secular, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so uh, there's almost kind of like a popular disdain for yeah. forgiveness yeah. because yeah. hey boy, if 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 you forgive me, right. then I'll just ab- abuse you even <laughs> yeah. worse. And, and that's right? why I'm saying that I, I think we have to in a sense, reclaim the narrative in terms of what is the biblical principles around forgiveness. And we can't yeah. just leave that out there to, and I'm yeah. not saying it in a negative sense. It's just that we have a role to play, yeah. you know, and I think that there just needs to be a better understanding in terms of what forgiveness is all about. I mean, yeah. in the church, you know, that is based upon the principle that we have been forgiven. So we have been forgiven to forgive. Yes. Right. And so, and I think that becomes part of, of our principle. So I think we need that, uh, um, maybe a better foundation mm-hmm. to help us go into those other dimensions of what forgiveness yeah. is, is, is all about. We can't allow, um, and I hate saying it this way, but I'll say it. We, we can't allow outsiders, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm just saying we can't allow the world, 
so mm-hmm. to speak, to define for us, you know, what forgiveness is yeah. or to put it in the same category um, as what the, what the scriptures or what the Bible says to us, what yeah. forgiveness involves. But it is interesting. One of the things that I think is in a more secular culture, I mean, it is historically it's it's mostly christianity that's mm-hmm. given a kind of a doctrine or, yes. a, or a value yes or a, yes. that's a virtue to yes. be forgiving yes yes but, yes. but that in right. a secular culture yeah. it's not a virtue anymore in <laughs> fact some people say it's it's a problem yeah and so uh, again we're engaged in this spiritual warfare right we're mm-hmm. engaged in this spiritual battle because there is a secular definition of what forgiveness is and there is a biblical and i think Part of the problem becomes when the secular voice is louder than the biblical voice, mm. then it's very problematic, you yeah. know. And so there just should be certain things coming from the church, uh, from believers that we understand, even when those who are outside of it, you know, don't understand, because it's our responsibility to be a light. Yes. You know, and so uh, I just think we have more work to do, mm-hmm. you know, in that regard. But, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a contrast. Yeah. yeah it's a contrast. It, it is. It is. And yeah. we are. That is. Uh, that, you know, sometimes we lament what's happening in the culture around us, mm-hmm. but that's not the culture's responsibility. As Christians, that's our responsibility. Our responsibility is to be that light and Absolutely. example. Absolutely, and uh, yeah. at least at least let people see it. Right? They may not agree <laughs> with it, yeah. you know, but at, at yeah. least they they know where we are coming from, uh, so to speak, when we are, when we are addressing that issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were just about out of time. Oh, uh, I was just getting started. Man. I know. We could talk forever, couldn't <laughs> yeah. we? We have. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> but, it's, it, um, but, uh, but it's always fun. It is. And uh, by the way, you're always so kind in talking about how you know I've encouraged you and whatever, and I've done very little, but... Uh, I always don't believe that I, audience I has done come great. away yeah. from a conversation with yeah. you being encouraged. Well, so thank you, it's thank mutual. you for your time and your friendship, brother. Thank you. All right, uh, Pastor Jesse and I leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.